Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. John from Back Home, Episode 3, John's House. sure if you follow me on like social media stuff i don't really post a lot but uh i mean sometimes some things i think that there have been years where i wanted people to know about and years where i just didn't want anyone to see me you know and a lot of people don't like social media and i totally get it i mean most of it's like trash but i like the idea that you can just disappear it's really comforting I wish I could do that in real life, you know? Wish I could just walk into the pump room and decide to be invisible for a night. But, anyway. I guess the point is, I don't think you know everything I've been up to since high school. And, uh, I mean, we've got nothing but time now, right? Sunday, May 10th, 10, 19 p.m. No, for a while? Things were really good for me, like, right after high school, I mean, I I don't know, I mean, I never really loved living here, I guess, but I don't always feel like I have an alternative. Like, there are good times living here and bad times, but after high school, after that first year, that was a good time, man. I, I was working in my dad's metal shop, and I was taking some classes here in town, Arrowhead Community College, and I don't remember what I was majoring in. Communications, maybe? Uh, I mean, I don't know what I really wanted to do, but it was nice. There was purpose. And I felt like I had, I don't know what to call it, opportunity, maybe? I remember taking an anthropology class, and that was really cool. I mean, I wasn't going to be like an anthropologist or anything, but I kind of like thinking about how people lived in other times. Thinking about how different they were, but kind of the same, also. And how we forget about those people gradually over time. Whatever they thought was important, however they built their cultures and traditions and societies, all of that shit just goes away with time. So it's sort of like, what are we doing getting so upset about our own lives, you know? What's the point? I mean, no one's really going to remember all that much. Sunday, May 10th, 10, 25 p.m. I had an apartment off campus that I could afford with the money I was making at my dad's shop. It was pretty crappy, but, it, you know, it was my own. So that was nice for me. And, yeah, I uh, had a girlfriend, too. Or, like, I mean, I don't know if she was actually my girlfriend, but there was, like, this girl, Caroline. And we'd hang out together, and it was nice, you know? And, I, I mean, I don't know what happened to her, but uh, I actually haven't really thought about her in a while. So I hope she's doing okay. We used to have these game nights, really fun nights. Like, she was all in these cool board games, and her friends would come over and drink beer and play games all night. It was was fucking cool, man. There was this one about, like, a uh, haunted house 
I remember, I think maybe at one point, if you rolled wrong, you could fall through the floor or something. And uh, I played that Camden album, the one you burned for me. And it's funny how, like, all that stuff is, like, tied together in my brain. It's like those ancient societies we learned about in the anthropology class. That stuff felt really important at the time. But now I'm probably, like, the only person who remembers it. When I die, it'll just all go away. Sunday. May 10th, 11.02 p.m. All that changed when my dad got sick, though. First, he couldn't really work as much, so I had to drop out all, all of my classes to cover the shop. That lasted a few months, and then he got worse, like, real fast. Which, I guess, in some ways, was a blessing? I don't know. Because all of a sudden, he was just gone. Uh, it's probably worse when you watch someone just fade away slowly. With my dad, it just happened so quickly, it didn't even feel real. I didn't have time to process it. It was just kind of like what it was. And once he was gone, I couldn't keep the shop open. Like, none of the clients wanted to work with me. They all did business there just because of my dad. I, I, I just didn't have whatever he had that makes people just like you. So we had to close the shop, and I moved back with my mom really depressed. I mean, I guess we both were. I was drinking way too much, and Caroline stopped calling me, or maybe I stopped calling her? Either way, it was for the best. She didn't deserve that. Sunday, May 10th, 11, 13 p.m. Man, it was really hard being home with my mom after my dad died. She just sort of went away inside. She would sleep a lot, watch TV sometimes. She wouldn't really eat very much. I mean, everything happened so quickly with my dad and I just sort of didn't understand it. So it really felt like I was about to lose my mom too. You know, like there was some kind of curse working its way through my family members, just ripping them up from the inside out. And I didn't know how to stop it, but I knew that if I didn't do something, I was going to lose every person I loved. It felt like I was getting some sort of message telling me I hadn't done anything with my life, telling me I had to, I don't know what, do something, be a person, but I didn't know what to do, like, so I just started cleaning, throwing out my dad's junk, tidying up the house, stuff like that. It was just what was in front of me, so I figured I'd just start there. That's when I started finding the guns. Sunday, May 10th, 11, 24 p.m. Like, my dad and I hunted deer growing up. I mean, I stopped when I was in high school, but, like, I knew there were guns in the house. I knew where the locker was and what the code was, but when I started cleaning, I would find these other guns, man, like, everywhere. Not just honey rifles, like, I would find old guns in the attic that I thought were maybe like my grandfather's or something. But then I'd find handguns on shelves in closets or taped to the back of the nightstand or stashed in a fucking boxes of cereal. Seriously. And all of them were loaded. I didn't ask my mom about them because I didn't want to upset her or anything. But she had to have known they were there. 
It was like my dad was preparing for something. Like he was afraid of something that was coming for him. <laughs> but dude, I, I mean, I swear to God, I, I have no idea what that would have been. I mean, he didn't have any enemies. As far as I could tell from the books, he was square with everyone at work. But I don't know. He must have really been fucking scared of something, dude. I... But I just collected every gun that I found, and I put them all in the steamer trunk in the attic. I just, I didn't know what else to do. Monday, May 11th, 12th, 17th, a.m. I mean, after a while, there wasn't anything left to clean in the house, but it didn't really change anything for my mom. She was still pretty much catatonic. So, okay, cleaning wasn't the answer. Guess I'll try something else, right? It seemed like she needed to, like, get out of the house. I mean, that's the only thing I could think to do. But, like, I didn't really get out of the house either, so it's not like I knew where to go or anything. The only place I could think about was, like, the pump room. And, man, she did not want to go. I practically had to carry her to the car. She was crying and begging me to just let her stay in bed, but I just fastened her seatbelt, got in the driver's seat, and just started driving. I remember thinking that 10-minute car ride might actually kill her. But... I don't know. Something had to change, right? Anyway, we get to the bar, and it's fine. She had one beer. I don't even think she drank the whole thing, but we made small talk. Didn't talk about my dad at all. But something did change after that. She started to get a little bit better. So I kept taking her. Once a week to the fucking pump room, this shitty dive bar, me and my mom. I don't remember when, but... One of the times I said something and she laughed. Dude, that felt huge. That felt like I found it. Whatever it was I was supposed to be doing, I knew I wasn't going to lose her too. Monday, May 11th, 12th, 20 a.m. That was another one of those anthropology errors. Felt important at the time, but didn't really mean shit. Monday, May 11th, 12th, 45 a.m. Finally, my mom starts going to the pump room on her own, which is fine by me. I mean, at first, it's great. Like, she was actually doing something on her own. I go meet her there usually, and it was fun. And that's where she met Dale. I mean, this fucking guy, Wes, I swear to God, a face made for punching. He's such a smug piece of shit. I just fucking hate Dale so much. But, you know, the first few times, it's great. She's enjoying herself, talking to people. She's back to being my mom again, and it's awesome. But then she and Dale start dating, and the same way my dad got sick, and then he was just gone, all of a sudden, they're getting married. And Dale fucking moves into my house, and he's like this former military fucking old-school macho prick. And he starts telling me what to do, telling me how to act, telling me how to talk to my mother. Like, motherfucker, I had to drag her out to the bar where she met your ass in the first place. But you know, that doesn't mean shit to him. He only thinks about things with himself at the center. And he's telling me how I should go back to school and get a business degree. Like, that's something I would ever fucking do in my entire life. He's like, no matter what you do, you want to be your own boss. I'm like, no, Dale, not really. But you know what sucks? I like going to school, at least the way I was doing it. But 
I don't know, I, I don't think I can do it anymore. It's like I spent all this energy getting my mom back, and didn't realize I wasn't going to have like, anything left over for myself. I'm telling you, man, as much as I fucking hate this guy, I hate how much my mother loves him even more. Monday, May 11th, 1.03 a.m. Dale owns a copy shop? Because, you know, if you have the opportunity to be the boss of a bunch of Xerox machines, you gotta take that shit, right? Anyway, guess where I fucking work now? <laughs> yeah, man, can't get enough Dale in my life. Gotta see his dumbass face day in and day out. It's nothing like having your asshole boss follow you home every night to tell you you're setting the table wrong or not taking the trash out quickly enough. Ugh, I want to get out so fucking bad, man, but I just don't know how. I feel trapped. And the worst part is, it's my fucking house, you know? Like, Dale's always threatening to kick me out, which is hilarious. I lived here all my life, dude, and your ass just waltzed in. Monday, May 11th, 1, 21. A.M. I guess I do have an advantage, though. I am on my home court. I mean, Dale can act like he owns the place all he wants, but there's shit he doesn't know. And I guarantee he doesn't know about the steamer trunk in the attic packed to the fucking brim with loaded guns. I mean, shit. Maybe that's why my dad left him in the first place. Maybe he knew one day I'd have to protect myself against intruders. John from Back Home is written and produced by Scott McCary, with Sam Gooley as John. Our artwork is by Alex Crawford. Music in this episode was by Daniel Birch, Captive Portal, Blear Moon, and Grouper. And all of it can be found at freemusicarchive.org. For a full soundtrack list, as well as episode transcripts and more, visit johnfrombackhome.com You can also find the show on Twitter at Back Home Podcast. Next week Episode 4 The Parking Lot Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.